Hey, this is Lori Acker. Welcome to the Small Church Ministry Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Small Church Ministry Podcast with practical strategies that work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets. We are on part two of a series about volunteers, but with a little different twist. It's more about us instead of them. Now, last week, we talked about what happens when we blame others for not showing up, for not being committed, just how futile and even depressing it is when it's all their fault. And honestly, when we start blaming other people, we really become these powerless victims. (laughs) Now, while of course, we're only responsible for ourselves and our actions and our thoughts, My goal is to really show you how becoming a better leader really does influence better volunteers. So we're doing this series that goes a little bit deeper with thoughts and beliefs that influence our own actions and our own behaviors. And by the end of today's episode, you'll be able to identify the second biggest belief we need to hold to and why it's critical for being the church, not just as we look at working with volunteers, but really being the church that God's called us to be. So here's my premise. My premise is that volunteer issues are almost always leadership issues. Yep, I said it. Volunteer issues are almost always leadership issues. But here's the thing. The point of this series is not to shame you or whatever leaders involved, but it's really to empower you to take your influence back. If you're in a place where volunteers aren't stepping up or where you don't have enough volunteers or they're not open to change or maybe they're not committed, we're going to be exploring the beliefs that just have a way of creeping in and clouding not just our view of volunteers, but actually beliefs that are causing us to act in ways that just perpetuate the issue. So if you're game on becoming a better leader or just a better human or a better disciple, somebody who finds and develops better volunteers, then you're totally in the right place. And again, this is the part two of our Becoming series. But before we jump into the topic at hand today, don't you just love the word becoming? There is so much hope in this word becoming that God's not done with us yet and that we are all actually in a state of becoming. And this is really true. We are always becoming something, someone. We don't stay the same ever. So let's be intentional about becoming. So who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? How do you want to show up? Because I don't think most of us actually choose to become a victim, to be a blamer, or to become bitter. But it's really easy to fall into places where we forget that we actually have a choice. We actually can become more bitter, or we can become better. So here we go. If you're on the journey with me of choosing better, we're going to jump in. As I mentioned, last week, we talked about belief number one, which is all about changing from blaming others for whatever state your volunteer culture is in, and just claiming your influence that God really has called us to influence, to stop blaming and choosing to become a better leader will land you in a different place with your volunteers. Okay, that's belief number one. Belief number two today, we're going to talk about what do you believe, what do we believe about people, about God's creation? Like really, what do you believe about people? 
because there's a quite a quite a mix out there and not just in the secular world but in the church and among Christians. Like do you believe that people are inherently evil or inherently lazy or left to our own devices we just hurt each other? Do you believe that people are mean or that people are stupid or that people have their priorities mixed up generally speaking? Like as I'm saying this, are you already starting to feel a little negative? Because gosh, I am. Like, I literally could find evidence of all those things I just listed. We all can. Just turn on the news and see all the terrible things that are happening in the world. But here's the thing. Yes, sometimes people can be people. We can be pretty messed up and make some pretty bad choices. And I totally get it. But you know what? No one person is just that. Each and every person is created in God's image. Each person is created beautiful and worthy of love and of grace and healing and even of pursuing. As I'm saying these words, my countenance is changing just while I'm talking about people being beautiful instead of uncommitted. Like literally, my eyes are lighting up. I'm sitting up straighter. I'm even getting animated with my hands. Because when I think about every person being created in God's image and being worthy, like it's, it's just so beautiful. And here's the thing. It's true. Every person is worth your time and your attention. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying without boundaries. I'm not saying to pour out exclusively, you know, into people who maybe be sucking you dry, but I am saying that every person is worth love and is worth pursuit, and is worth reach, and is worth energy. But here's the thing. We get to choose what we believe. Whether it's true or not, we choose what we believe. Have you ever really thought about that? Like picture a ladder. Let's say I've got this ladder set up for somebody to climb up and get on my roof. It's a totally sturdy ladder. I've tested it, and I know it. But if a person approaches that ladder... If you approach that ladder and you think it's not going to hold you, like you really believe that it was inferior, like that it's made terrible, how are you going to walk up to that ladder if you're scared of it? Like even if you stand on that ladder and use it, do you know that if you're scared of it or you believe it's inferior, it's not going to hold you, what are you going to do? You're going to shake. You're going to be hesitant. You might even fall off that ladder and blame the ladder. The fact that the ladder is sound isn't the question. Please hear this and consider this. Your belief is the question. I just want to propose that your belief doesn't have to be true for it to affect you, affect how you behave, how you bring yourself to a situation. So if you believe that people are worth your time and your love and affection, just one person, how will you bring yourself into that conversation, into that person, into that relationship, even into your approach? Like, what if we really believed that of all people, like in general of God's creation, that each person is fearfully and wonderfully made, each person, including the crabby guy who sits in the back? (laughs) including the teenager who wears his hat to church and drives you crazy because he seems disrespectful. 
including the woman with the tattoos and the low cut shirt, including the person who argues, including the person who seems controlling. Like if we really believed that each person is fearfully and wonderfully made and worth our time and energy and our love, can you imagine how that would change our churches? Like who is worth your time? Or do you believe that only certain people are worthy of serving or volunteering or of your investment? Somehow, I think we've gotten a little messed up in church culture. Like when people talk about recruiting volunteers, looking for the talented ones, selecting them. This is why certain people do too much, by the way, because we keep asking the ones who have proven skills. You wonder why people are overstretched? Because we are so focused on productivity or effectiveness that our emphasis tends to go to selection. It's honestly like a hidden audition, like somebody has to be talented enough. And I just want to point out that this is not what Jesus did, and it is not what Jesus modeled. It wasn't even modeled throughout the Old Testament. Here's what Jesus modeled. Jesus modeled becoming, even himself staying on the vine. He withdrew to lonely places when he was exhausted, when he was pressed in on every side. He meditated on scripture. He stayed so close to the father that he actually said, I'm about my father's business. Where he's working, that's where I'm going to be. Jesus developed people, the unlikely, the forgotten, the discarded. Come be with me. Come follow me. Come learn from me. Jesus did not set about selecting people. He was about development. Do you see it? And I believe that action, that attitude, that approach flows out of the belief that everyone can be developed, that everyone has potential, that we all have God's image inside us, every single one of us. Remember the illustration of the ladder? If you don't believe it, that that ladder is going to hold you, that that ladder is sound, you actually are very likely going to prove that your belief was right. Even if that ladder was amazing and sound, you're going to walk up and you're going to be shaky and you're not going to want to get on it and you're going to fall off because you're terrified. And it has nothing to do with the ladder. Our beliefs matter. They translate into how we approach people, how we approach ministry. So if you're having volunteer issues, this really is a great thing to consider. Like, what do you believe about God's creation, about humans, about people? How about about his church? Please don't skip this. If we want to be the church that God calls us to be, we need to get this straight. And honestly, I think it is one of the biggest errors that most churches make when it comes to volunteers. We think volunteers are created to do ministry. And if a volunteer isn't doing what you want, we have this mentality that, that they aren't any good. Like, let's cross them off the list. If a volunteer takes too much pouring in, we think, ah, oh, they are not worth it. I'm going to ask somebody that's going to show up differently. How about this? What if, just what if, what if volunteers weren't created to do ministry, 
but they are our ministry. How about if we're actually called to love everyone and to serve everyone, whether they're working super well or not? You know, we talk about how Jesus loves us and how our worth is not based on our performance. Like God's grace is amazing. But then somebody starts volunteering in church and it all changes. All of a sudden, if we're not performing well enough, I'm not worth your time. This is not biblical. People fail. I fail. You fail. Let's quit putting everyone on the blacklist or the shortlist if they're good enough, right? It's funny when I think about like how we want to be judged, like as people and as individuals, I know I want to be judged by, by, by my potential, especially when I fail. I want to say, wait, wait, I failed at that, but, but give me another chance. Cause I know I have the potential. Don't we want to be judged by our potential and given grace? But we really have a tendency of judging other people by their performance. Like, let's stop doing this. I think this is what Jesus did. Well, he did. He modeled it. He said, Peter, on you, I'm going to build my church. You're the rock. And Peter had not shown himself to be a rock yet. But Jesus saw the potential. So do we really get that every single, every single human being that God created is worth our time? That even the person who's, who's really making your life hard at church is worth our time. You know, I've been hanging out with Psalm 139 for the past week or so. I know you've heard it before, and so have I. But I got something really new from it lately. And it might not be new to you, but it it really hit me in a new way. So I just want to share it with you. I'm going to read the first couple verses, and then we'll kind of unpack it. Psalm 139 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. So here's the thing. God doesn't just know my good stuff, my talents, and my skills. He also knows the struggles, the sin, the hurt, the reactions that nobody wants, the responses that make me a little high maintenance or a lot high maintenance. And you know what? God still hems me in. He still lays his hand upon me. That was verse five. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. How often do we as humans remove our loving hand? When we see the failure, when we don't get someone, when someone fails us, when someone is too high maintenance, when someone doesn't show up all nice and sweet and happy and helpful and perform the way that we wish they would. We remove our loving hand. It is so wrong. And it is not what the church should be. Is every human worth the effort? What about this belief? Do you believe that God created the church? Do you believe that he 
holds it together? Do you believe that he brought the individuals in your church body together, each with something to give? Do you believe he's the one who did it on purpose? Do you believe he's working in you? Do you believe he's growing you? Do you believe he's using you? Do you believe his hand is upon you? If you are serving in women's ministry, children's ministry, or youth ministry, and you're tired of ideas that don't work with smaller numbers and smaller budgets, or pouring time into events that don't seem to be making a difference, or starting and restarting with new people but the same struggles, we have got you covered. Check out our ministry bundles with done-for-you resources that work the first time, a step-by-step plan that fits into your busy schedule, and a strategy that gets others excited to join too. You can find the links to check them out in the show notes. Reading through Psalm 139, all the way to the end, the good and the bad and the hard stuff, God knows us and he still hems us in before and behind and he still lays his hand upon us. This is not a psalm about God knowing our faults and loving us anyway, like in spite of them. This psalm is about the beauty and significance and the purpose of us, every one of us, and that God remains with us. It is not our place to dismiss people or to count them as unworthy or not worth your effort. If you're too tired to deal with someone anymore, that someone is not the issue. What's the issue is, is your tiredness. To address your tiredness and why I'm too tired to pursue this person, that is worth your time. Become a leader with skills, which starts with these foundational beliefs. And you will see, you will. You'll have very different results with the exact same volunteers. This is the place to start, to get your beliefs lined up with the truth. In the weeks to come, we're going to get really practical about the three biggest struggles with volunteers, specifically, one, not having enough, two, burnout and how very the few are overstretched, and number three, unhappy volunteers, like almost Every volunteer issue falls into one of these three categories, not having enough, (laughs) being burnt out or overstretched, and those unhappy volunteers, whether it's issues with unity or direction or change. And we have a choice to complain about these things or to influence them. It totally starts with our beliefs, though. Like, we can't skip ahead. Too many people are asking for the blog post and the steps, but this intrinsic part, this belief part... It comes first. You cannot put the practical strategies in place and have the same results if your beliefs are not lined up with the truths that, be- that Jesus modeled. If you are frustrated, if you are blaming, if you have no hope, this isn't about them. It's not about the people letting you down. You actually have influence over all that frustration and that hopelessness. 
It's all about getting back to the basics, getting close with God, getting back on that vine or more connected with the vine, examining your beliefs, taking them to the throne of God. Even the beliefs you have about yourself, wait, I don't want to jump too far ahead. That's coming, but not today. But this is so worth your time this week, thinking about people being worth your effort. Like as you go about your day today, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, just ask God to show you, to illuminate his very image in the next person you meet, in the next person you see, in the next person who irritates you to no end. Just privately like pray that 24-7 communication with God as this person is talking to you or, or talking your ear off or irritating you or just driving up some reactions in you, just ask God, say, God, if you really did make this person in your image, where is it? Show me. Because if we really believe that every human is created in God's image, I can't even imagine how much our ministries would change and our communities that our ministries touch. If we treated everyone like a daughter of the King, or a son of the king, and stopped dismissing people. And in our churches, I think when we start looking at church as some kind of work farm, like instead of a community, I think that gets really dangerous. When we make it all about our service and our volunteering, and although that is part of it, the foundation of community and why God brought us together is so important. When people get more of our attention or our love based on our performance as volunteers or staff members, this is not good. And the truth is, when it comes to running the church, this is a danger to think that people are in the way of the ministry. When really people are the ministry. I hate the phrase that people say ministry would be so much easier if it weren't for the people. Like, please never say that to me. Please don't post it in the Facebook community. I'm getting super fired up here because it makes me so angry. I've heard pastors say it. I've heard deacons say it. I've heard ministry leaders say that ministry would be so much easier if it wasn't for the people. Please don't say that in my midst. (laughs) Because the truth is the people are the ministry, the very people you're complaining about that are making your ministry hard. They're not making your ministry hard. God brought them there to be the community and to grow us. So please guard your heart. Be careful not to remove your hand from people because they are too much effort or because you're tired of them. This is the community of Christ, his body, his people, his creation. What can we learn? How can we grow? What is God teaching us through this frustrating person? How can we become more Christ-like when we don't have the volunteers that we want or that we think we need? Isn't that a better pursuit to becoming more Christ-like than the pursuit of finding better volunteers? I promise you, as we become better leaders, as we become who God has called us to be, we absolutely find better volunteers, hands down. I want to thank you for hanging with me over the last 20 minutes or so. 
We've got a few more beliefs to hit before we jump into some pretty practical solutions to the three greatest struggles with volunteers. But all of this really is wrapped in who we are becoming. It is the number one thing we are responsible for. And as I mentioned earlier, ask God just to illuminate the next person you meet, literally to light them up like glitter. Ask him to show you all the beautiful parts. Maybe these beautiful parts are masked by anger or hurt or crabbiness or control, but they are there. Each and every one created in his image, bearing his likeness. Turn your attention to that. Journal it. Talk about it. Converse about it. And let me know what changes for you. Because what we focus on, where we turn our attention, absolutely affects our hearts, absolutely influences our actions, how we show up. So shoot me a message on Instagram. I would love to know how this podcast topic is is landing for you. If you have questions, if you have experiences to share, whether you're there in that place of, yeah, this is where I'm going, or whether this is a huge struggle for you. If you're not sure where to find us on Instagram and Facebook, just look up Small Church Ministry and please like follow us. We're pretty much all over social media, just sharing solutions and hope for small churches. We've also got a few more conferences coming up this year that we do not want you to miss. So make sure to follow us on social media. And until next week, be a light. <laughs>